Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. In today's episode, I have an article with some tips for how to Christmas shop on time. Well, sort of. How to save you to Christmas shop on time. Um, We have a new Oppo folding phone, and then we're going to wrap everything up with kind of how to use our smartphones in a more healthy manner. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. We'll try it. Um, Quick fire topics off the start of the show, though. Um, David Amell team member here at MKBHD Studio just released a new video called How the Italian Renaissance Can Save the Smartphone Camera. Um, Very, very interesting. It's a good title. It's a really solid title. It's not two things you would connect, I think, regularly. Um, Really cool historical look into just like paintings and photos and how they used light and contour and, and, and different like styles of painting and then kind of comparing them to smartphones today, kind of how smartphones work these days some of the really impressive things that smartphone cameras can do and also some of the things that they're now starting to not do so well some gotcha. people could say so highly recommend it it'll be in the show notes um definitely worth a watch yeah it kind of reminds me of our we did our smartphone cameras versus reality video yeah which is a little more along the lines of we have you know photography by definition is just capturing light but not anymore. <laughs> we have yeah. computational photography, which mm-hmm. is now you're you're capturing the light, but then you're doing a whole bunch of computing to spit out an image that is a representation of reality, but not exactly reality. Yeah. And so that's that's sort of an interesting topic altogether. So we'll we'll link both of these, of course, in the show notes below that like button. Uh, but I we want to come back to do content we liked. A yeah. couple a couple short shout outs. We have a couple here. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, besides David's, we also. Uh, if you're aware of Mark Rober's glitter bomb video every year, if you're aware, his new one came out. We were just talking about that before. Like, if you're aware, it's more of everyone knows what it is. It just surprised me that it came out. So this is more of a PSA to go watch it because his glitter bomb and his squirrel trap videos have kind of like transcended YouTube. I feel like these are videos that my mom will tell me. Have you seen the new Mark Rober like mm-hmm. or the squirrel video or the glitter video? And it's like, oh, I didn't realize that's out yet you don't even really watch YouTube. How are you telling me about this? That's how popular they are. It's like the most relatable possible thing. I mean, this is the time of year where everyone's shipping things, right? Exactly, so if yeah. you're getting a gift or shipping a gift, package packages being stolen are just a very common thing this time of year, mm-hmm. especially. I know Mark Mark thinks about these types of things. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's definitely one of those things. The squirrel thing is like, oh, everyone knows what a squirrel yeah. is, but just like seeing how nimble and smart they really are is just something you've probably wondered yeah. about. So the, the package one, the glitter bomb video this year, obviously he makes improvements to it, improvements on how it sprays glitter, improvements on how the package works. My favorite was, I don't want to spoil anything, but he improved how the packages get left on the doorsteps this year in the most fascinating way possible. Um, I'll leave that for you to go look at. But I haven't watched it yet, really so I'm, gonna, cool. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, you have something you want to uh, I've got share, a couple. Right? Yeah, let, okay. me, let me give a shout out to, first off, we did a video on the studio channel. It's a short, and we just talked through the making of our Fairphone video thumbnail. So mm-hmm. if you want our little behind the scenes on the step-by-step of how that came to be, yeah. that exists, and you can watch it. But uh, also, one of my favorite YouTubers, CGP Gray, he, he doesn't upload very often, but when he does, it's always really interesting. Mm-hmm. And he recently did a couple of videos of fully uncut Tesla self-driving betas in okay. various different situations. So I watched a lot of his on it taking on urban roads, which is kind of interesting to see how it handles city streets, which are usually very variable. But he also did one of it handling America's most deadly road. It's a twisty road with all Where sorts of it? cliffs. Do you know? Oh, I don't know. I can click on it oh, right now and show like you. Oh, it's like a cliff road? It's Yeah, it's one of those roads that has lots of turns and lots of places to mess up. I was going <laughs> to say, I feel though like it would do pretty well there because 
it doesn't have as many variables in terms of messing up, but it's if you mess up, you really mess yeah, up. If pretty you high have stakes. Like a cliff. Yeah. High stakes. Um, so yeah, it's literally just uncut footage from the front of the car showing how it handles it and okay. he doesn't intervene at all. So yeah, I don't have the beta yet. Probably won't have it for a while, but that's uh, that's one of the things I'm curious about is just seeing how it's acting in the public. I once I haven't driven in many cities. Um, New York City is it's bad, but it's not the worst because it's laid out pretty easily. Boston is like the roads are just like they look like they threw spaghetti on a map, and it's just like <laughs> here, good luck. They're just like yeah. I, I hope people from Boston understand this because my sister lives there and she agrees. Um, but I would love to see full self-driving attempt to figure Boston out because it's, I still can't figure it out most of the time. Yeah, lots of cities. I mean, every city has their own weird thing about driving there. New York City is laid out well it's laid because out, it's yeah. grids, it's 90 degree angles. I mean, the, the, here's a way of thinking about it. New York City has a, a blanket no right on red law and it has a blanket speed limit of 25 miles an hour. Just the entire city, Yeah, just right off the bat. Um, but that also means people just regularly walk out into the middle of the street at all times, no yeah. matter what color oh, the light is. It has its problems, that's for its, sure. That's yeah. its own thing. But yeah, I know. I remember driving in Philly not that long ago, and the amount of weird like two-lane roads with a half median in the middle that turn into three-lane roads, and then back to a one-lane road as the median shifts was kind of weird. Yeah, every city's. I would love to see like a version of this video in, in a bunch city, of different cities. Yeah. yeah. So that's my, I'll recommend that for sure. I have an article also quickly that I think might be a savior for a few people. Are you, just a question to you, when you're buying like Christmas gifts, are you, you're good at planning ahead of time or are you a last minute, mm -hmm. is this going to actually arrive before Christmas kind of shopper? Usually I am a last minute. Me too. But this year, I mean, I thought, I think I got some advice about supply chain issues and like, hey, get on yeah. this before Thanksgiving. So I've been on it. I've got a good amount of my stuff handled already. Getting it all shipped to me where I will wrap it and then I will put it in a box and ship it to the people who are getting them. Okay. So yeah. you're you're ahead of time. I am, I feel like I'm better at finding good gifts when I'm like super under pressure, but that almost always <laughs> means my gifts arrive late. Sure. Um, Cameron Faulkner at The Verge came out with an article I think will be very helpful for myself. Hopefully for some people listening, it's pretty much, it's titled, uh, where'd we go? Here are the shipping deadlines to get your holiday gifts there on time. And it's basically just a whole article where all it does is show you if you're using any of the carriers, what types of like express services you can get and when you need to order those by. And it comes out with a bunch of the big like e-commerce sites like Amazon, Best Buy, et cetera, on like, how you can potentially get a gift from there and the absolute latest you can ship. Some of them are like Christmas Eve, you can still make it. So wow. for all of you out there who are like really cutting it close, okay. this might be a good article to take a quick look at. Definitely, wow. Well done, good uh, good idea for a It's post. a great idea. Great and how utility. Never, how have I never, I'm sure someone's done it before, but I've never seen it before. Yeah. I also have here, um, Kind of a little oopsie on our part, maybe you could say. Um, okay. Rivian winning Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Now, oh, right, right, right. Previously, we criticized a little bit that Lucid won Car of the Year because we kind of yeah. wanted Rivian. Then we decided right. Lucid was a good choice. Then the other day we saw this article and went, oh my goodness, there's a truck of the year. No I had, wonder. I did not know there was a separate category for yeah, truck of the year. I'm assuming neither. that that means that they would never pick a truck for car of the year. That's my guess seeing this. Assuming. I don't follow it very much, but um, yeah, Rivian won Motor Trend truck of the year. So that doesn't shock me at all. I mean, we no. saw a couple of really interesting trucks announced that will be shipping at various points, mm -hmm. right? So we had F-150 Lightning, which I think was a could easily be considered the most important electric truck announcement of the year, but it's not shipping this year, it yeah, ships exactly. next year. So I guess, you know, they can't test it yet. Maybe it'll win next year, who knows? Um, we also tested and saw the Hummer, which is, I think, also starting to ship or about to ship next year. Is it year. really? Okay. Yeah, I, so we'll see, but cool. that's also a pickup truck version of that thing. Um, so they're out there. And then the Rivian, of course, is starting to show up in low volumes, but it is out there in the public. Yeah. This to me was the most interesting electric truck um, and yeah, it had the it, most features and the most like compelling for someone like me to get. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it was the most interesting vehicle period. So I guess that's why I see Motor Trend Car of the Year. Sometimes I, you know, don't differentiate. I'm the kind of guy who calls shorts pants. They're just <laughs> pants. They're things that go on your legs. So like car and vehicle 
similar. I got confused. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a synecdoche. It's the, it's the don't know what that referring means. to a car as all vehicles or referring to all vehicles as cars. Anyway, don't worry about <laughs> okay. it. But uh, cool seeing <laughs> EV take both spots, car true, and truck. I think that's, that's really cool. That is true. An electric car, one truck of electric car, one car of the year. Yeah. An electric truck, one truck of the year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't shock me. Okay. Welcome to 2022. We'll see what one's next year. Uh, yeah, I just I we've we've had a lot of hype, I guess, behind some of these EVs. And my my number one concern with the content we make with them is I want to actually show what they're like in real life. Like the Lucid, here's one thing we keep getting asked about. Like, when are you going to show the Lucid? When are you going to review the Lucid? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did four years ago. In, <laughs> I was there. In yeah, 2017, yeah. we rode around in a prototype Lucid, showed all the features, showed the design, showed the trunk versus the front storage versus how big the seats are and how far apart they are and what it was like to drive and ride around in. I've already made this entire video. Mm-hmm. It's up already. So to go back and review the same exact stuff wouldn't be very helpful. I now need to be able to test the new information, which is how long it'll go on a charge, how fast it'll charge, what living with it is like, that sort of stuff. So I am on the lookout for a lucid opportunity, um, but I don't want to just like regurgitate the same stuff you guys already have seen. I think there are a couple, I don't want to say changes because the thing we saw is still there, but it does seem like they're marketing one with like a bucket backseat and more of an everyday car where the one we saw felt way more like a rideshare vehicle or like a limousine. Right. You have a driver, you are the passenger. Exactly. So we'll see. They're out there. They're starting to ship and people are taking deliveries, which is really cool. Saw John Rettinger took a delivery. He's been a big, I don't want to say a big Tesla guy, but he's had a Tesla for like eight years. He's big into EVs. Big into EVs Mm -hmm. and has made that switch for his own daily driver. He bought Elucid yeah, that's and what, sold his Tesla. I'm excited. Oh, I didn't know he sold his Tesla. Yeah, this is his new car. I'm excited to see what he thinks of that. I also did see there's confirmation there is Elucid Air in South Jersey. That is the same color that Vin claimed he saw the other day. Hmm. So despite the awful, awful footage that Vin gave us, <laughs> yeah. I think he's right. It might be that. Okay. I think it might be that because that's him want... driving up Turnpike through South Jersey. Yeah. This reminds me of like when we're trying to find the the guy with the MKBHD license plate. It's like, hey, if you are that one driver listening to this podcast <laughs> with the Lucid Air in New Contact Jersey, us. let me know. Maybe we can uh, we can check it I out. I do think I found their Twitter profile, so you know of the driver of the Lucid. So, yes. Amazing. Well, we're, we're working on a Lucid experience, so stay tuned for that for sure. Um, all right, I want to talk about this Oppo folding phone. We'll take a quick break and come back and get into that. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic is dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. All right. Well, what I do want to talk about then is Oppo's folding phone. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Oppo's folding phone. So Oppo Find N is what it's called. I was, it was sort of like lurking behind the scenes. I actually just went and shot a video and I was on the road with it. So I didn't get a ton of time to use it daily, but I've spent a few days with it and I really like it. I love it. Should I go get it? 
I should I, probably go get yeah, it. Yeah, you should get it. All right, I'll be right back. All right, I got the phone. Uh, yeah. So you've seen the find, or the fold, sorry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fold, I like it a lot. I've called it, it's, it's basically the technology king of folding phones. It's got the highest oh, yeah. end specs. It's got the highest end cameras. It has a really nice outside screen that goes all the way to the edges. Big, huge folding inside screen. Great. It's bleeding edge in every sense of the term, pretty much, yes. for a smartphone. Hidden camera behind yep. in the selfie camera. Okay, so this is a smaller, shorter version. Mm -hmm. It's more portable. It's more reachable. It's more friendly, in my opinion. Yeah. And there's a couple things it does better despite not being as bleeding edge. That's my take on it. So I made the whole video. I'm gonna, have you held it yet, actually? I held it really quickly, but yeah, I'd love to see it again. God, the hinge is so great. That sounds fantastic. Listen, Give it a little ASMR. ASMR, it's a podcast, why not? Do you remember what the razor used to sound like when we did that? When it creaked and oh, made all those weird noises. Sound like an 80 year old's back. Yeah, no, this is, uh, so it is a much smaller, so the thing about, the way, the reason why, I, sorry, I bring up the fold, yeah. is because it is, it's world-class, but it is a little bit tall. Mm -hmm. And the reachability Unwieldy, of like, yeah. using that super tall outside screen was like fine most of the time, but a couple things were harder about it, which is number one, reaching the top to get your notifications. You just have to do like a hand shuffle to get to the top of the screen. And then number two, typing, because the keyboard is like compressed in, it's so narrow. So mm -hmm. even though the phone is like pushing the screen all the way to the edges, super technologically advanced, it is hard to type on that narrow screen. So what the Oppo does with aspect ratio is it just plays around and makes it a normal sized, normal aspect ratio mini phone. So like squash it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's five and a half inches diagonally, which is basically the same size as an iPhone 13 mini. So imagine an iPhone 13 mini folding out and when it unfolds, it turns into a 8.4 by nine aspect ratio. So actually slightly wider than it is tall. Okay. So the Samsung is taller than it is wide when you unfold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the difference here. So it's a smaller sort of like I, notebook, like pocket passport size type thing. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I feel like Samsung was trying to have that wow factor and therefore taller feels bigger than when you're like holding it in your hand. So when it's unfolded, it feels gigantic. Huge. But yeah. in terms of actually using it, it becomes a little tougher to use because of that. Definitely. So it has its upside and its downside. Now I'll say like I, the upsides I really love about it are obviously the smaller nature of it. The outside screen is much more usable and mm -hmm. reachable. Everything about it is like using a normal phone other than being obviously it's pretty thicker, thick. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. thick. So you're not quite using it like a normal phone, but it's pretty, it's way better to type on. And then the inside, best hinge I've used in a foldable so far. And are it, you counting Duo? I am counting Duo just because this is, I mean, it's kind of a different category when it it's goes 360, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just the satisfaction and the firmness and the way it claps shut, zero gap close. I put a piece of paper in it in the video and like held it up. Like it's really oh, a zero yeah. gap close. And the, the crease is, is handled a little bit better. It's a larger radius. So kind of the same way the Moto Razor Tried handles to do, but it. did really poorly. Well, it handled it and it, it aged over time, but you could it would kind of move the screen in place to loop it around inside mm -hmm. instead of having a tight radius fold. And on the first one, they also had that like gap on the outside where you could see the edges of the screen and yeah. that was terrifying. That was rough. Yeah. But this does that same loop on the inside. And so the, the crease isn't nearly as much of like a solid single crease it's more of like a an a slope in the middle it's not so yeah. bad it's like three smaller creases rather than one big crease which right. kind of sounds like it would be worse but it's actually it i think spreads way out. better it spreads mm -hmm. out the z axis difference more so that i really love about this phone 120 hertz ltpo inside display nice very flexible very usable uh but there's a couple things that are i would still consider downsides of okay. it as well um oh by the way by the way, the battery in this phone somehow is larger than it is in the Fold. It's a 4,500 milliamp thickness, hour battery. Uh, it might be a little bit, yeah, a little bit thickness, a little bit, yeah, it weighs more. But it is a smaller phone, so I was very huh. impressed by that. Um, but there are a couple downsides. Number one, outside screen is 60 hertz. Not the end of the world, Tossed. but it is, 
it is still weird, like when Samsung did this with the Fold 2, it is still weird going back and forth between 60 on the outside and then opening it up uh, and it's 120. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, so you're like, every time you use the outside screen, you're sort of thinking about how it's not as smooth mm -hmm. and then you open it up and use the, out the inside and it's bigger, but sometimes you just want it to use the outside. So I would love a, a 120 matching Quick question outside. on that. Uh -huh. Would you prefer like it is 60 outside, 120 inside, or what if it was 90 inside, 90 outside? I think I would rather have 90 inside, I think I'd 90 outside. I would rather have 90, 90, yeah. Yeah, just so they'd match. Just so they're matching. It'd be smooth. Even. But, you know, it does okay. Would you rather have 60-60 or 120-60? Which is 120. I would definitely the, the take... The inside's 120. I'd rather have 120 okay. on the inside. Just wondering how much you prefer. I'm trying to scale this of yeah, uh, it's matching not, versus... I see what you're saying. It's not really about matching as much as it's about, like, having the premium experience. Okay. cool. But since it doesn't match, that is the focus. Okay. So I love the design. This is, we were talking about Oppo phones before, like this is one of my favorite parts of this phone. It's got this little gradual bump up to the camera bump instead of just being a sharp Mesa. That's cool. The back is like this nice textured. It's not glossy. It's so nice. Doesn't pick up fingerprints. So that's really nice. And I like holding it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, this is a different way of doing a folding phone that we haven't seen before. And that I actually like physically speaking more than the fold. Um, the inside screen, you only lose about 0.3 inches diagonally. Uh, as far as comparison to the to the Z Fold 3, yeah. it would be like 7.4 versus this is 7.1 diagonally. And then it just comes down to the software experience, which is a little bit hit or miss. All of the first-party apps in this China-only phone that I don't use do have folding phone optimization. And there is multi-screen split split-screen multitasking is cool, but all of the Play Store and Google apps and things like that are not yet optimized. Yeah as they probably shouldn't be in a phone that's not shipping outside of China. So that was a downside. I couldn't really use this as a daily, but I'm very happy to see this sort of experimentation with hardware. What do you think yeah. about a smaller foldable? Are you team small fold? I'm team this color. I can tell you that. Yeah, same. So good. Um, yeah, this feels way more just like single hand use closed. It is thick, obviously, but... Man, that feels, yeah, it feels way better. It feels way more like a, a phone when it's folded. I think that's, yeah. the fold, the Galaxy Fold and even like the, what was it, the Mate XS? Mate which is X2 now. X2. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like most of the folds we're seeing, not, not the flip, because the flip is like its own category, but yeah. the folds we're seeing feel like they're mostly focused on the inside and the outside is like, we know you need it, but we think you're going to mostly use this here. This feels like it's focused equally on both. It made the small sacrifice of being a little smaller on the inside, which is still like, folds aren't big enough to think that this is a small inside. If you buy this phone, you're gonna be like, wow, I have so much real estate mm -hmm. when it's unfolded. But when you're folded, you're gonna be like, okay, I'm actually using a phone. This doesn't really feel that much weirder. Yeah. Um, I think that's awesome. I try, love this. Try the hinge. It's just like holding it. It feels yeah. fantastic. The crease is like, the least noticeable I've think I've ever seen in any folds that we've gotten. I, um, I think you said like, yeah, at a hard angle, you can kind of see it. Even then it's not. But that's really when you're looking for it. Like you when you're using the phone, it, it's just like the, it's just like the hidden selfie camera or the notch. Like you're not really looking at the edges and the corners like that. And so when you're just watching the content or whatever you're doing, it's fine. Yeah, it what, disappears. What I think is impressive about this, and I haven't noticed it on other ones, is the grid layout has icons right down the crease and mm -hmm. you don't even notice it. Yep. I don't know if any other fold has been um, bold enough to put icons right where the crease is, but this this shows that it's doing it really well. I, I really, really dig this. We'll see how that ages over time. That was one of the questions about other foldables where the crease starts oh, off looking really flat and then a few hundred folds in, it starts to show itself a bit more and you notice the distortion in the image. So. That's a question that's yet to be answered about the Find N. But yeah, like I said, this is a China-only phone, meaning it's going to sell for, I think it's 10,000 yuan or less, which converts to about $1,500, $1,600 or less. Okay. So it's still premium, still expensive, but it's got it's got that that it factor. I, I feel like this it's is a, one of the most interesting phones. I just want to give like a little shout out to Oppo here. Their hardware this year has been... Beautiful. I'm a big fan of their, I'm, I'm going to call it industrial design. Yeah. yeah. Their design has been like just really, really nice. Like this is beautiful. This mm -hmm. color is great. It reminds me of 
we have this is the Oppo Reno 6 Pro, I believe. The like the back color on this, we've talked about things being fingerprint magnets. I think it's impossible to put a fingerprint on this and yeah. it looks good. I think I could have chocolate all over my hands and it wouldn't leave a fingerprint on this. It's I think this is the best looking phone just period at this it's, point. It's about the looks, but it's also about the feel. And I want to bring up the, the feel. Fi the oh Oppo my. Find X3 Pro has the slope up to the camera kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's not a camera protrusion as much as it's like a little camera slope up to the hill. And that seems like such a subtle thing, but it's, it's really, it makes a big difference so when you're nice. holding the phone and touching the back of it. And that's also a satin phone. Looks really good. Doesn't pick up fingerprints. That's another one they they killed this year. Oppo hardware is on point this year for their smartphones, at least. Yeah. Oh, this one also it's got text on the on the hinge. It just says designed for find. I guess the find, I guess Oppo's Find series is like their experimental brand. You know how they've had the pop-up camera yeah, with the yeah. find? And the well, Oppo Find series has always been. It's pretty weird though, because they did do the Reno Zoom, which had the shark fin. So that like True. kind of goes off brand, but yeah, find is normally feels like the experimental. It's the premium know. experimental. Okay. Yeah. So I'm into it. I might just be a sucker for folds still. We'll see how these, these age out, but I like it a lot. I mean, as much as I love though, Oppo's hardware for phones, I just want to also bring up, they recently announced a, um, oh, are you taking the, the screen protector off? Yeah, I'm taking the outside Do screen the protector mic. off. I'm not taking the inside off, but sure. Someone make that into a beat. Someone's gonna rap over that. That was pretty for sick. Sure. Anyway, um, yeah. So, <laughs> Oppo hardware, not so great. Did you uh, see this uh, like Oppo Air Glass they just announced? Oh, uh, I think it, I saw a picture of it. It's bad. I haven't. I literally haven't read about it because as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, oh, it's that. And then I left the article. Okay. <laughs> uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Oppo just announced they're calling it the Air Glass AR glasses. Very, very similar to Google Glass. Yet Google Glass came out in 2014. This is seven years later and somehow looks bulkier than Google Glass, which I'm very surprised about. Um, if you look at it, it's like the it has a two for a full frame version and the single frame version where so kind of like a mix between Google Glass and like AR full frame glasses, but mm. essentially like you're picturing one arm on your right ear that then goes to a little piece of glass that covers your right eye. And that's what it will project an image onto. Uh. The arm on the side of your head looks like, like if you took two drumsticks and put, it's huge. It's still so hard to make that look normal. Like if you want to put real computing power in this little face computer, yeah. you need not only that computing power, you need the memory, you need the boards, but you need a battery to support mm -hmm. it all. And all of that is not very small. Uh, I, so I'm looking at the picture right now. It does look like quite a thick side rim, but the idea, I guess, is still the same. It's like projecting information and text or whatever you want yeah. up into the like top half of your vision on the glasses. Mm -hmm. Now, the example they give, this is funny. The example is a person giving a speech and they just have like the words to their speech yeah. up in the top half of the glasses. But if you've ever watched somebody wearing Google Glass and seen them look up into that text, mm -hmm. it's very much one of these where they're clearly not, not looking in front of you. They're reading something like something's hovering up above uh -huh. your head. And you're like, what are you looking at over me? They're looking at the thing in the top half of their vision. Uh, so this would look really weird from the other side. She'd be like rolling the eyes into the back of her head yeah, trying yeah, to talk. Like on stage in front of thousands of people. That um, would be interesting. So it it does look like it is mainly for that. You know, like notifications, directions, maybe um, like I guess small. It shows a picture of it showing like the temperature and the weather out there, which I guess how close are we to just full robots if we constantly want what the temperature is like in our field of vision all the time? Mm. Um, but even the announcement just doesn't feel great. There's, it's all grayscale, which is also weird because all the pictures show it with green text. Mm -hmm. So grayscale or monochrome feels like very difficult to see on a lot of backgrounds, despite it saying it has a pretty solid brightness. Uh, it's like up to 1400 nits in average conditions. So, you know, pretty bright, but maybe that's why they picked monochrome. Green? But it says, it says that it's a monochrome. The display yeah, so is monochrome. It, can, it would be all green, just shades of green. Green is the only color. 
So monochrome can be any single color. If it's just monochrome gray, it's just well, black, white, gray, everything in between. It if says, it's just monochrome green, it's just all different green the shades. The display is monochrome with either 16 or 256 levels of grayscale depending on the mode. Oh, so why are they showing all this green? I don't know. I mean, maybe we're misinterpreting something here or maybe just the pictures are wrong because they're obviously renders. Hmm. Um, I think the weirdest thing here though is battery life is three hours of usage or like 40 hours of standby. But three hours of usage seems absolutely abysmal. It's another one of those weird numbers where it's like, how often are you really going to be using it during the day? So if mm -hmm. I if I put a watch on your wrist and said, it has 40 hours of standby, but three hours of real use, mm -hmm. and all you really did was like check the time and put it down, that would last you a long time because your real use is in three second bursts. The question is, how long are you going to sit there using the thing before you run out of those those very short bursts of computing power. So if you had like, I imagined a day where I might use this and to me it's like a full day of running errands. So I've got to go to Fort, I have to go grocery shopping, I have to run to Target, I have to like go pick something, uh, some clothes out or a new pair of shoes or something. So I would assume that I'd be using this for navigation directions in my car, mm -hmm. shopping lists at each of the places, mm -hmm. and then also checking my notifications while I'm doing that. Hmm. That feels like longer than three hours, especially if you're navigating in your car. Yes, but also what's your screen on time on your phone at the end of the day? Three hours? Four hours? I think a little longer than that, but... So if this is, I guess, you know, just net navigating and just your notifications, yeah. maybe maybe an hour of navigating is like a, a really heavy use. And then, I don't know, 25 minutes of having your, your shopping list pulled up next to you. Like maybe, maybe three hours is okay. I, I would love yeah. it to be longer. But I, I don't reasonably know <laughs> what a daily yeah. life is like with these on your face. So we'll see. But yeah, that is a big difference. Three hours of use versus 40 hours of standby. Sounds like it's very bursty. Like when you when you really light up the display, yeah. <laughs> every second of precious time that's projecting is going to be eating into your battery. Yeah, I guess I really want to know how somebody would use this. Yeah. Let me know in the comments if you were going to if ever you would, use it. If, if you can you even imagine use it, using it, yeah. I remember living with Google Glass back when I was in college. I was that guy. I was that guy for a couple of weeks there. Not that long. Maybe like two weeks. Okay. But I had, there were some things about it that were genuinely extremely useful. Despite how ridiculous you look wearing okay, Google Glass. Okay, if we get past that part. If you yeah. get past that, like... I walk to class every day. Imagine having a commute where you're like, oh, I need to go to get a haircut. I'm just going to like navigate on my phone and beam the directions up. Mm -hmm. So just like walking through town while it's telling you where to go, pretty convenient, even though you look ridiculous. Uh, having your notifications pop up. So if you if someone's calling you and your phone is silent in your backpack, but you just get the notification like, oh, you can just pick up and mm -hmm. just talk on the phone. There's little things about it that are like really cool. And then you see it happening and you're like, okay, it's not there yet. The tech's not good enough. To It's not miniature yeah. enough. It's not inconspicuous enough that we can actually get away with the social consequences of using one of these headsets. I could see this being really useful when we get to a stage where we have navigation for inside of stores. So I can go into Lowe's and mm -hmm. I can have six different things I need on a shopping list. Super. And it's going to be like, you walked through the door, your most efficient route right now is to go forward into this aisle and then show me on the shelves where the product is, I can look for it. How much time I would save? That would be a, and that would be insane. That would be a genuine killer app. Yeah, like would, Google Maps doesn't well that, even quite get that accurate. Mm -hmm. It's only like certain pre-mapped buildings where you're like, oh, I, I walked into the mall, where is the Best Buy? It'll tell you like, oh, go up to the second floor, take this right, and like that's how yeah. you get to the store. But yeah, that, that would be a killer I app. I know there are people working on an app like that, but then pairing that with something like a glass like glass or glasses where now you're just looking and you're seeing the thing. And like, even if it could highlight something on a shelf, yeah, it would be wild. It would be awesome. It feels like there are more sensors around to be able to do something like that. Cause if you tried to do this with glass back in the day, glass had a camera, but it wasn't a full-time running camera processing information mm -hmm. like AR. Um, and glass had a speaker and glass had like a computer, but with something like this, if it has a speaker, if it has a camera that can run and use AR to analyze your environment, in theory, as soon as you walk into the door, you don't need a GPS connection. Mm -hmm. It just looks at the front of the store and says, I know where you are, start walking this way. And that could be kind of sick. But That'd again, awesome. like, is the tech there yet? I, I don't know. And you need to map out all the stores and then like mom and pop shops. Yeah. yeah. I. That's the day we'll all think these AR glasses are 
something I would incorporate into my everyday life. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If anyone, like all of the AR glasses I ever see uh, sort of feel like a really cool tech demo, none of them, I, I could never convince a regular person to buy a pair of AR glasses until there was some killer app like that where you're like, hey, look, if you had these glasses, mm -hmm. then you could do X, Y, and Z. Think of how hard those things are now and how much easier they would be with these glasses. Um, those use cases don't really exist yet or aren't polished enough yet for me to actually go, hey, yeah. look, you want to look like a crazy person at Target, but you'll find your stuff faster? It's worth it. Imagine so. a grocery store where everyone's shopping efficiently and not going both ways on the store. Everyone was just making the correct snaking movement, Unreal. starting from like the left of the store and ending on the right at the cash register. Sounds like a movie. Oh my God. Unreal. It's, yeah. it's never gonna happen. <laughs> think of, I, think long, having, I long for the day. Thinking of it that way, it sounds a long way off. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some uh, maybe less plugged in habits. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is gonna change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution, like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, let's talk about something I tweeted. Yes, I'm I'm very curious into this. Um, yeah. You tweeted the other day, I, I Sam Sef, Sam Sheffer tweeted that he uses his phone too much and you responded with, so do I, here's a worthy challenge, start the first hour of the day without your phone. 
Yeah. And this is something I've actually been, it's been one of those things I've told myself I wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. And yet every single morning I actively do not do it, do yeah. the exact opposite. I think you have to just go cold turkey. So first question is, have you started doing this yet? I started doing this. Uh, I started doing this maybe two Your weeks ago. Your tweet was two weeks ago. So okay, yeah. something like that, yeah. So really the idea is like when you use your phone, you're just beaming white light into your eyes. Yes. And there's a million solutions around this. And everyone always says, hey, don't use your phone within an hour of waking up or going to sleep because it, it looks nothing like the sunlight you're supposed to experience at those times of the day. Blah, 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 circadian rhythm, blah, blah, blah. You can sleep better. And I'm always like, well, I can sleep better. I want to fix this. So I know I use my phone a lot, but there's also like these uh, blue light glasses solutions yep. where like, okay, I realize I might be on the computer emailing like very close to when I go to sleep. There's no way around this for me. Maybe the solution is blue light glasses, which are supposed to filter out the blue light from the screen and only let in some of those warmer hues so your body is at least not beaming in that mm -hmm. middle of the day type light. There's also some apps too, like my phone at 10 o'clock. Another one, that, yeah. exactly. And I, I've come to the realization that I cannot get away from screen time before I sleep. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I know you're all telling me, yeah, Marquez, <laughs> here's the simple trick you need. I just can't do it. No, there's somebody watching this right now, like with their eyes closing and they're trying to go to I sleep. Know. And um, It's just, I, I am, I'm answering emails or I'm doing something until the second that I'm like, I need to go to sleep now. I'm with you. Yeah. So, but the beginning of the day is my opportunity to make a change. So I wake up, I have an alarm clock and I try to spend as much as possible getting my day started without my phone. It, I don't go unnecessarily a full hour every time. It, it varies depending on the day or what's happening that day. I live by my Google calendar. Mm -hmm. Like I need it to function as a human. It's kind of sad actually. Like I, I actually it's need better it. better than no schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely use it a lot. So basically now my routine is I wake up. Usually I have my watch as my alarm clock. So my phones are like charging next to me on the nightstand, but my watch wakes me up by tapping yeah. me on the wrist. I'd stop it there. Uh, and within like five minutes, I like roll over, feet on the floor and just walk right past my phones and like get changed and start my day like that. And so this eliminates the like classic roll over, grab the phone. If it was, if, especially if it's your alarm clock, you roll over, grab your alarm clock, which is also your phone, stop it, and then just go unlock it and jump into some apps and oh, yeah. don't do anything. And I just have this like weird third person vision of myself, like sitting in bed, scrolling on a piece of glass and not doing anything. And I'm like, I could, I could start my day so much better than this. So that's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. I, I have like a 90% success rate, I think. Okay. I mean, that's a really great start two weeks in. Um, this is something that I've, I don't know if I want to say struggled with, but morning routine for me has always been something that I never thought I'd been doing very well. Mm -hmm. Um, my old morning routine back since like high school or college days was like, what is the last possible minute my alarm can go off where I will make it to this thing on time? Mm. And that is like, whether I shower at night or shower in the morning, like how can I get ready, get in the car and go to where I need to in the least amount of time possible. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I told myself like, this is not a good thing to do. I find myself being more tired because I'm getting to these places within 20 or 30 minutes. Like I used to go to my old IT job. I would probably be in my desk like 30 minutes after I woke up. So like to me, that felt like I did wasn't giving myself enough time to really to like wake up, wake up. So sure. then my newer thing was I'm going to wake up almost like 30 minutes to an hour earlier and like relax a little bit. Like I'm not going to just hop out of bed because I used to do what you did. That was my thing. I would have to hit feet on the floor and go. And mm -hmm. like that's a really great thing to do if like you're really busy all the time. But it felt at a certain point like I was just doing I was cutting it too close. Yeah. So trying to wake up. Then I dove into this habit, which I'm currently in now, which is I lay under the blankets and I sit on my phone for the majority of my morning mm -hmm. before I then leave. Before you've gotten one. to the time where you're like, I absolutely must get up now. Yep. So like a, <laughs> a really good example. I mean, I can literally give you my, I wake up at seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. I leave my house by eight o'clock. There are multiple times I will still be on TikTok <laughs> or Twitter and it's 740. Yeah. It's like, this is a problem. I need to shower. I need to pack my lunch. I need to let the dog out. I need to warm the car up. I need to leave. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's a worse habit at this point. Right. And you're like, why did I even wake up at seven? 
Yeah, I mean, I do like the process. I feel a little more awake because I've like been awake for a bit longer. But I think mm -hmm. the worst thing lately is I flip over, I grab my phone because I don't have a watch. I, as I'm swiping the alarm up, I'm basically then swiping away the lock screen and on Twitter within yeah. 30 seconds. Yep. And that feels bad for my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So my, I don't, I don't drink coffee. I'm not a, a high, you know, caffeine person. Mm -hmm. Like my, my waking up is like just getting the blood moving through my body, like walking yeah. around and the sun like shining in your face. And like, that's kind of cold water in your face and that's it. And you're awake. But yeah, that's a uh, sips of water out of your hand until you, yeah, throw no, up. I'm not on that level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that level, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to get rid of the screen time right before bed. That's tough. Really my, my advice for that is, have you ever had melatonin? I, yes. I love melatonin. Yeah. That is my like, you know, maybe it takes a little longer to fall asleep, but you stay asleep. At least in my experience so far. I'm sure there are people out there who think it's like a bro science drug. I'm or whatever, sure it will but, come to this. I've um, always I've always been jealous of people who can fall asleep like that. I that I cannot. Do. I cannot. I it takes me an hour to fall. My watch tell my watch shows me on the graph like it every if you check the apple health app mm -hmm. it'll be like here's how long you were asleep but here's how long you had the sleep setting on yeah and it's always like the beginning of the graph is like you were in in bed for an hour and a half staring at the ceiling <laughs> tossing and turning oh, you were man. not asleep okay, that's pretty bad yeah. yeah so that's my that's my motivation is to to get better at sleeping i think the best way that could be solved is if we somehow had a robot that you're always at least i feel like this and i know other people feel like this but i sometimes if i'm watching tv my eyes are like closing and every part of me wishes I could just fall asleep in my bed at that point because mm -hmm. the act of getting up, you're brushing your teeth and going to bed, then you're laying in your bed. You're like, I'm awake. Yep. What else can I do? <laughs> yep. It's like, I wish I could have just fell asleep on the couch, but had woken up in my bed and right. ready to go for the morning. Yeah. So yeah, it's, a, that, it's a gradual process. We're uh, getting, you know, the, what is it called? The, what is your phone Ground keeping work? track of? Oh. Uh, Oh, they they both have it. It's a digital well-being. Okay, That's the your well-being. Yeah, your, your digital well-being is important. A lot of screen on time during the day. A lot of looking at a thing close up. I used to think that was like ruining my eyesight. I don't actually know if that's true. Just because it I, makes my eyes hurt some morning. The reason I keep thinking about this is because like sometimes in the morning I'll just like put my phone down and blink a bunch and be like, I feel like this was not a good idea. It's, or get I've headache. read into it. It's like you're you're definitely straining your eyes. Mm -hmm. There's a combination of like how much light is coming in versus like how close you're focusing. So it turns out it's not making your vision worse necessarily, um, but it's definitely straining your eyes. Okay. Uh, my my philosophy was like minimizing my screen on time does not minimize my screen time because I work on a screen all day. Yes. So if I take an hour of screen time out of my life and like every possible convenient moment, I'm like, no, I won't look at my phone. I'm still spending hours and hours a day with a screen right in front of mm -hmm. me. So I'm like, all right, I've sacrificed that. I'm going to look at screens up close all day. That's, that's fine. But as long as I can like sleep better and start the day better, maybe that's worth a little change. I, I totally agree. And one thing I would like to change is, is exactly what you said. Like we work on social media. A lot of people go to work and they can't check their phone and stuff like checking our phone and social media is part of our work. So I kind of want to like get to the point where I'm not checking any of that till I'm in work. It's yeah. like an hour and a half later. Yeah. I can do it. I would love if I could start waking up and like working out a little bit, even if it's just half an hour. Oh, that was my other really thing. Wake up. Yeah. So I, I only work out at night and this is yeah. my other thing. So I in college, we had three 7 a.m. practices a week. And so I cannot start my day without breakfast. So in college, I got up at 6 a.m. three times a week to have breakfast, walk through the cold, a mile up through the hill, through the freezing, whatever mm -hmm. weather was happening through, for our winter practice, got to the gym, worked out from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. That made it incredibly easy for me to get up early. And I would always wake up in the morning and wake up and, and work out early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now that I've graduated and we don't have morning practice anymore, all our practices are at night. All the games we play are at night or in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. All the physical exertion I ever need to do is like my my brain is tricked into thinking that happens at night. So as much as I want to be the guy that wakes up at 6 a.m., works out at 7, and is like leaving for work by 8.30, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I would like to do it because even when it comes to either working out at night or like if I work out too close to bed, I'm like I'm amped up. That's I don't want to go to bed. That's why I think I sleep badly. Yeah, I think it's it's that or even, I mean, like maybe this is me being a huge nerd, but I play like 
when I play games, they're usually competitive, and I'll be like amped up before I go to bed. Yeah, I'll you got like, adrenaline going yeah, at like nine, lot, ten o'clock. It's really hard to go to sleep yeah. after that. Um, but you know, the gym is opening up in the building soon, so maybe we can uh, start our mornings with a workout and mm. going over the day instead. Maybe that'll be our secret to not looking at our phones in the morning. Video planning while doing yeah, workouts. Just, I'm I'm about it. I'm about it. Well, I I want to open this up to the comments. If anyone has any ideas other than drugs. Let me know. <laughs> or if you've got some cool drugs, now, too. Now, melatonin is about as far as I'll go as far as drugs. But, like, let me know what other tricks or hacks you might have. I've sacrificed, I don't legal think. Legal ones. Legal ones, preferably easily accessible. <laughs> I know blue light glasses are easily accessible. Other tricks that you found actually work for you. If you have those, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know in the comments. Super down to try it. Can I make a suggestion? Ooh, please. Ooh, yes. Please. Meditation. Meditation yeah, when? That's boring. Right before bed for like 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. Just that's calm down. You, so what do you do for meditation when you do that? Nothing. <laughs> well, that's harder, How? easier said exactly. than done. Just sit there for 10 minutes. Do you just like focus on your breathing? I try. That's not always what happens. It takes practice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like meditation, you have to like practice it to get good at it. I think you start off, I'll pr if I started to meditate right now, my brain would immediately go to what else could I be doing right now well, with my time? You could probably hear your breathing in the microphone too, which yeah. would be kind of weird. But. Yeah, but I like that because that gets you off the screen right before bed and that calms you generally. You're probably not beating 150 beats per minute while meditating, at least I hope. So hmm. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try anything, honestly. So yeah, let me know. That's it for this week though. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for helping me out with my sleep and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Pace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. Mac Mac heard the outro and got up and is ready to leave. Interesting. Anything you'd like to say? Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.